0: news and more, including state-by-state reports on the nation's premier youth organization. This is FFA Today on Rural Radio 147.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's FFA Today. I'm your host, Janet Adkison, and happy National FFA Week. And as our celebration for the week draws to a close, we do take a look ahead to a few exciting events on the horizon. First of all, registration for Washington Leadership Conference opens this coming Tuesday, March 3rd. That'll be at 6 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you plan to attend this year's WLC, go online to ffa.org WLC to make your plans soon and check out the recent edition of FFA New Horizons for more details as well. Also, if you want to become an expert on FFA educational resources and experiences, why not apply to be a National Teacher Ambassador for the FFA? Those applications are available now, and you can just check them out on ffa.org slash teacherambassadors for additional information or to apply. And last but not least... Ten free regional development conferences will be held across the country in 2020 for teachers, alumni members, or anyone else interested in starting or developing an FFA alumni and supporters chapter. That registration is open now through March 15th for a conference to be held in Wallingford, Connecticut late next month. To register again, go online to ffa.org go to RDC. Well, as National FFA Week wraps up this weekend, we are joined first today by National FFA Communications Manager Christy Meyer. And Christy, I know it's been a busy week for you. Thanks for taking some time to chat with us and give us an overview of some of the goals that the organization hopes to accomplish during National FFA Week each year.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Jen. So, the overall goal for FFA Week is really to let people know what FFA is, let members um, tell people in their schools the advantages that they have in FFA, and also an opportunity for us to thank our supporters, to thank the alumni, the advisors, and the community for making such a difference. This is really an opportunity for chapters to focus on what they do in their communities, um, how their chapters work. So, it usually varies um, from chapter to chapter. You'll see a lot of people out in the community giving back. A lot of of different service projects. Um, for example, we have one chapter in California working with the Senior Center and talking to those members on what they did when they were younger and record and have a have a recorded history. We have another group who's working on um, giving back through food pantries, and we have another one who's building kits for birthday parties for homeless shelters, which will include like balloons, candles, and a cake mix. They can give to those people in the shelter so that they can still celebrate. So a lot of different opportunities throughout the country. It's always nice to see what a difference FFA has made on people's lives. We get a lot of stories of how it impacted them not only as a student, but also on an adult and why they wanted to give back. So it's a great opportunity to really share that story of us creating future leaders. And we just hope that we are able to give that message to more people and let people understand what FFA really has to offer.
1: Well said, Christy, and happy FFA Week to you. Again, that's Christy Meyer, Communications Director for the National FFA, joining us today from Indianapolis. And also this week, Culver's launched their 2020 FFA Essay Contest, giving members a chance to share their perspective on ag issues that are important to them. And joining us now is Culver's Senior Marketing Manager, Jesse Craig. As always, thanks for talking with us today. What are some of the highlights of this year's essay contest?
3: Well, we are really excited because we launched our essay contest a little bit early this year um, to make sure that we've got plenty of time for members to get their essays in uh, before the April deadline. But we are excited that uh, National FFA celebrates 50 years of women in agriculture, and we'd love to hear from our essay writers this year about a woman who has inspired them in the agriculture field. So we're excited to read all of those submissions as they come in.
1: So how do members go about entering?
3: Yeah, so they can go to Culver's.com to find out about all of the requirements to enter, and that's where they actually uh, submit their essay. And they do have until April 20th at 5 p.m. Central Time uh, to get those essay submissions in. But for writing an essay, uh, not only will they uh, get all of the glory for their chapter by bringing back a first-place prize of $7,500, Uh, second place prize of $5,000, or a third place prize of $2,500. We do uh, issue certificates to the top 10 essay writers uh, just to acknowledge uh, the the fact that it took them some effort uh, to write an essay contest, and we appreciate hearing from them.
1: Of course, the contest isn't the only thing that you guys do to support the ag sector. Tell us again about the Culver's Thank You Farmers Project.
3: So the Thank You Farmers Project is about much more than just showing appreciation, uh, of course, for the hard work of today's farmers. But it's really about ensuring we have enough food to serve our growing population by supporting agriculture education efforts like the FFA, that encourage smart farming practices. We know it's going to be a challenge, you know, being in the food industry to feed our growing population. And by 2050 alone, we'll have to produce enough food for nearly 30 percent more people than we have today. So we really need to get the word out there about the urgency to make sure that we have enough food and supporting uh, these young leaders uh, who are taking on the charge uh, to continue to feed our country for many years to come. We have a really fun thing doing a flavor of the day poll contest. So we have a a flavor of the day um, that's got vanilla custard and uh, caramel as well as brownies in it. And we're asking guests if they'd like to name that either Brownie Caramel Cow or Mooey Gooey Brownie. So you can uh, go to Culver's Facebook page to log your vote for your favorite name for that flavor. And then that name will uh, go through the rest of the year to be used for fundraising events that happen at Culver's. And then we will be launching that flavor on Scoops of Thanks Day. So mark your calendars for Thursday, May 7th. And uh, Scoops of Thanks Day is our biggest fundraiser uh, to support the next generation of agriculture leaders. Our restaurants offer dollar scoops of custard, um, and that dollar donation stays local in the community uh, to support local agriculture education programs.
1: Well, Jesse, thank you again for the update, as always. Culver Senior Marketing Manager, Jesse Craig, on the phone with us today from Wisconsin. Well, stay tuned. We're off to the Lone Star. State next, are on FFA Today.
4: When the National FFA was founded more than 85 years ago, the world was a much simpler place.
5: Our country was a simpler place.
4: It was a time when about a quarter of all Americans were engaged in agriculture.
5: A time when many farms still operated without electricity.
4: When a short trip to town actually meant a pretty long ride.
5: Times have changed. And agriculture has changed, offering new opportunities and careers in fields like business, education, production, and research.
4: That means FFA has changed too.
5: FFA makes a positive difference in the lives of students by developing their potential for premier leadership, personal growth, and career success through agricultural education.
4: We're strengthening American agriculture and providing our members with the skills needed to build healthy, local communities a strong nation, and a sustainable world.
5: Today, less than 2% of Americans are engaged in production agriculture, but our membership is at an all-time high.
4: We are the next generation of agriculture, committed, passionate, and proud to be among those who feed the world.
5: Powered by our spirit, guided
4: by our mission. Symbolized by a simple blue corduroy jacket.
5: We are the next generation of agriculture.
4: It's our turn now.
5: Let's show the world what we can achieve together. We are FFA.
1: Welcome back to the show. And now we head to Texas. That's where four female members are making quite a buzz across the state. The Texas Farm Bureau shares the sweet story at the Hawkins FFA.
6: The 4G hunting team is four girls, two juniors and two seniors. Ozarka had a bee problem at their loading docks. Cheryl Conaway with Ozarka called Mr. Bird and asked if he could see about getting a team to help them with it. So we decided to start a bee apiary to give the bees a safe home.
7: We're all about diversity in our FFA program and this was gonna be a good opportunity for us to really get together, put our heads together and work with the local company to try to draw the bees from the plant back out into the fields.
5: Us four girls, me, Mackenzie, Brooke, and Jessica all kind of got together and we were deciding on a name to call us. So we were like, let's just go with 4G, the four girls who started the entire project. The female queen
1: bee, she runs the show, and that actually kind of ties into to us, all four females. We're here, we started it, we're running the show, so we've always connected with the female bees.
7: When the bell rings at 3.30, that's when their day begins. Whether it's constructing hives, whether it's putting together a presentation, they're up here seven days a week, they're up here late at night, and their dedication is really remarkable. It's something that we all enjoy and that we love doing. Having people be like, hey, aren't you guys on the 4G Honey Team? It's been worth it. If you could pick out the four quietest girls in the school district, it was these four. The amount of leadership skills that these young ladies have gained is remarkable.
5: Before I was brought into this project, I was more on the quiet
1: side of things. Our confidence, it has boosted tremendously. And our ability just to go out to people and talk to them, be able to make eye contact, shake their hand. We didn't
7: just learn beekeeping, we learned how to run a company, uh, run a business, balancing school and running a business and being beekeepers. In the future, once we get rocking and rolling, we'd like to sell honey,
5: chapstick, different types of candles and soap. We have an Etsy account and our locals, they can just come up to the school, give us their money and we'll give them a bottle of honey.
7: We have a junior FFA program. We're seeing an increase in our membership and involvement and I think that this project has helped add to that. I think that our girls have really led the pathway. They are the pioneers of this program and for younger students to see that and to see that they can make a difference, they're literally looking up to these girls.
5: There's two juniors and two seniors and within 15 months all of us will be gone, sadly. So we wanted to bring them in to make sure that they keep the project going and hopefully take it farther
8: than what we have.
1: Right now we're really looking to find people that are going to be willing to Come up here Saturday, Sunday, stay till 12 o'clock at night, give up all of their spring breaks, Christmas breaks, just really the dedication.
7: To have these four young ladies come into our program and for them to own it like they have, I think it's remarkable. We're just proud of them. I couldn't ask for a better set of girls to be on the team.
1: And another big thank you to the Texas Farm Bureau for sharing their story. Now we look west, that's to Bend, Oregon, where FFA students at the Mountain View High School are partnering to help out a few feathered friends. The Great Outdoors from Central Oregon Daily News has more. The Deschutes River in downtown Bend is now safer for ducks, all thanks to volunteers who spent their President's Day holiday installing nesting tubes.
0: Brooke Snaefley takes us along
1: on
9: the Mallard Nesting Tube Project.
0: Mallards are the most common breed of duck in Central Oregon. Male mallards, known as drakes, are easily identified with their bright green heads and white neck bands female mallards are drab in comparison by natural design. Their camouflage coloration aids in their hiding and protecting the young during the nesting cycle. And that's where the Ben chapter of Ducks Unlimited's Central Oregon Nesting Tube Project comes into play.
9: Mallard nesting tubes are basically a way for mallard ducks to get their their nests off the ground. Ducks, mallards in general, nest on the ground. And so what we've found is a lot of predators like raccoons and skunks and stuff will actually eat those eggs if they're on the ground. And so by lifting them up off the ground, these mallard nesting tubes allow the hen to get in there, lay her eggs, Uh, the clutch is not going to be eaten until it's actually hatched. And then the ducks just jump out of the tube and the success rate goes from 30% success rate for non, Tube uh, eggs to 80% if they are actually in the tube. So it just increases the amount of ducks we're gonna have in the area. This one's stuffed pretty good.
0: The nesting tubes are made of wire fencing rolled into tubes and lined with grass and canvas. They're mounted on stakes welded by the Mountain View High School Metalworks class.
1: This is my second year being involved with the Ducks Unlimited uh, project and partnership with FFA and them as well. Uh, We're currently out here and we've been putting together these nesting tubes, fitting hay in there and then clipping them together. And then uh, we're gonna be going out on the river, putting them alongside and in the river as well, so that the ducks can have a nice safe place for them to lay their eggs and uh, prevent any predators or geese from interrupting their whole process.
0: Eight nesting tubes were installed in marshy areas along the river in the old mill district. So far, there's no indication the ducks are using them.
9: We're really not expecting to be used at all this first year, um, but we're just the more they're out, the longer they're out, the more the ducks will acclimate to them being there, and they'll start using them over time. The data we're looking for is really just use of the of the nest itself. So we're going to see actually nesting habits going on inside of the, inside the nest, some eggshells if it actually has been used to the point of actually having the hatch, um, actually be able to get hatched in there and then move out from that point. So just uh, any any sort of observations we can have to see any sort of use that's been in the nest specifically, and we're going to go ahead and measure that and write it
0: down. Volunteers from Ducks Unlimited worked with Mountain View High School Future Farmer of America students and community members to inspect and rebuild existing nesting tubes. They also built and installed eight additional tubes near the First Street Rapids.
1: It's really cool to be able to see and just learning about the initial growth and then seeing how far we've come, even in a year, it definitely gives me hope and it'll make me want to join a Ducks Unlimited chapter when I'm older. All right, so who's our first
9: FFA paper? We wanted to partner with the youth. Um, The metal works class at uh, Mountain View did the welding for this. It was just a really natural progression. And then we got um, Bill Smith and the Old Mill District to Partner with us to say, yes, this is a good area. We'd love for you to put them in here. We want to increase the habitat. We want to beautify the whole area. So it was a, really a win win for everybody for it to happen here. We're just trying to get them installed today. We're going to come back next year. We're going to do all this exact same work again next year. Um, so, have fun. That's the most important thing is have fun today.
0: With two years of successful community participation and support, Ducks Unlimited is looking to expand the nesting tube project into Crook and Jefferson counties. To get kids involved
9: with this with a project like this, it had to be something that was fun, um, that they could come out and do, um, but also that's going to engage with them. And so um, we realize they're the future of our organization. And so if we don't get them involved at a young age, it's never going to happen for us to get them there. And if we can get them involved with local projects that really are in impactful. Um, we feel like that can really make a difference for them to want to become conservationists for, with us in the future. The reason why we're partnering with FFA is because I don't think that you can really get away from agriculture and go too far away from conservation. Being
1: able to partner with Ducks Unlimited has really been able to like open my eyes and realize it's more uh, than just learning about farming and stuff like that. It's a great way for uh, us to increase our communication and partnership with organizations like Ducks Unlimited and get out there and get more experiences like this.
0: So far, Ducks Unlimited can claim success on two of the nesting tube's three objectives. They certainly have engaged the community in a habitat improvement project, and they've inspired youth interest in wildlife management. There's still no verdict on the third objective to increase mallard nesting success, but who wouldn't want a riverfront home with a view?
1: Well, that'll take us to our next break, but there's a lot more straight ahead, including a look at how FFA week is being celebrated in Montana. That's coming up next right here on Rural Radio 147. I know that you all loved being an FFA member just as much as I did, but I'm excited to let you know that your experience doesn't have to end when you lay down that jacket. There are so many opportunities for you to stay involved and connected, so why don't you join us at FFA.org. Thanks for tuning in. And as National FFA Week comes to a close, Montana Ag Network's Lane Nordlund shares what the celebration means to members in the Big Sky Country.
6: National FFA Week is a time to celebrate agriculture and FFA across the nation. Uh, A lot of chapters focus on service activities, um, staff appreciation at their schools, and also some outreach things so like visiting with elementary school programs or middle school programs to recruit FFA members. Um, And basically it's just time to recognize FFA across the nation.
0: MSU Bozeman freshman Caroline Rader is the Montana State FFA president. Rader, a graduate of Shoto High School, said FFA week is all about agricultural awareness.
6: My favorite times at my home chapter was FFA week and part of it was because I felt like FFA was under-recognized within my school and my community and you know we go and compete at contests and we do leadership activities but not everybody sees that. So this is a time during National FFA week for everybody to see what FFA is all about and that recognition is good and it brings in new people and new energy to our organization.
0: Whether you're a current FFA member or a proud alumni and supporter, FFA Week is a great way to recognize all that FFA and ag education provides students here in Montana and across the nation. Reporting in Bozeman, Lane Northmond MTN News.
1: Well, thanks again to our friend Lane for that report. Next, let's travel to Wisconsin. That's where we check in with the brilliant FFA chapter and their advisor, courtesy of Midwest Communications.
8: I'm Stacy Cundy. I'm the agricultural educator and FFA advisor at Berlin High School and Middle School. Um, I definitely grew up in FFA. My parents met through FFA conferences. Um, and so coming from a family of six, I grew up in it. Um, even though I wasn't an FFA member, I was always at FFA events whether it was an alumni event or an FFA event my siblings were at Um, and then I was elected as a state FFA officer I did work for Wisconsin FFA um, as an intern so my whole life pretty much has been around FFA. If I were talking to somebody that didn't know anything about FFA I would tell them it's not just for farmers like you don't have to be a farmer you don't
5: have to be a hunter or anything because there's opportunities in FFA for
8: everybody.
10: I've been in FFA since I was in 7th grade, so 7 years.
8: Seeing a 7th grader transform into a senior and the confidence that they build and the skills that they develop over those years is really, really important Um, and FFA helps to support that. I don't think there's any other organization that a student can have their own business, can develop their skills, can earn grants before they even graduate high school. So it's a really great way for students to gain skills, um, have a hands-on learning, be a part of their community, and leave a tradition behind. FFA is not just about agriculture; it's about many other things, like such as like food sciences and stuff like that. Um, it's a lot of fun, and once you get to know the people and like the egg teachers and everything, you can really connect with new people and. Just meet new people and yeah, it's, just, it's fun. FFA has uh, taught me a lot of confidence and leadership and we can just become a big family so we're supportive of one another. One of my passions is sustainability and community um, locally growing food. Um, and so we actually developed uh, our gardens. Um, we have 13 raised bed gardens at the high school and we also have an additional eight over at the middle school. We also have two fork farms. Where we're able to grow food here at the high school. Um, and it's really certainly student driven and student developed, you know, sometimes your harvest grows and sometimes it doesn't, and so overcoming um, those obstacles. But a very, very great hands-on learning and one of my favorite projects that we've done here.
7: I joined FFA because I knew it would help me with my leadership skills and other aspects of my life because I'm a three-sport athlete. It helped me in there
4: to be a better leader.
8: You can just grow as a person and it helps you shape what you're going to do in the future and who you want to be today. If there's kids that are interested in graphic design, we have so many different avenues, technology. So if a kid or a student is on the edge on joining FFA, I tell them yes and then figure out what they're interested in and make it happen because that's where FFA allows you to bloom and grow um, and allows you to do whatever you want want Um, as long as you have some goals and the ffa advisor is there to help you support you as well
1: now finally we head south to alabama to meet ffa state president will acock who shares his story with alabama farm credit
10: my name is will acock and i'm the alabama ffa state president this year Uh, so i want to take a moment today to talk to you a little bit about how young farmers and ranchers are getting involved here in our state the National FA organization, for any student that is interested in being involved, is, is an awesome way, a positive way to be influenced. So if you look at the fact of, yes, we focus on agriculture, we focus on farming, uh, not all of our members are going to go in uh, to that industry. They're not going to be producing the crops and the fibers that we need in order to survive. Uh, but really, as far as you look at a resume builder, you look at the way of how we're going to be leading and influencing Uh, the next generation of leaders. Uh, We do things such as leadership conferences. We have conventions that we attend. Uh, so, yes, we're focusing on our students on the industry standpoint, uh, but we're also benefiting them in the leadership aspect as well. So, really, any FFA member that gets involved at a young age, you know, or even if you're a, an upperclassman in high school, you have the opportunity to gain three things, those being premier leadership, personal growth, and career success uh, through agricultural education, uh, just as the National FFA Mission Statement mentions. So, really, the aspect of premier leadership, getting to hone in on yourself, grow as an individual. Um, Personal growth, being able to grow, uh, whether that be emotionally or as a person. So dealing with the fact of how do we deal with situations? How am I going to use the skills that I have learned from my time in the FSA? after my high school career, Uh, and then finally dealing with career success. What do I want to do? Do I want to go into the ag industry and be able to serve those around me in that aspect? Or do I need to go to a college or technical training? Uh, Just trying to get a grip. So I just want to take a minute and say thank you to all the farmers and ranchers here in the state of Alabama uh, that help feed and clothe everyone in our state.
1: Thanks to Alabama Farm Credit for sharing Will's story. Now, just a quick little side note here. This is not Will's first time on FFA Today. Back in 2016, we featured Will, and that was when he was a middle school FFA member. Again, now serving as the state's FFA president. Congratulations, Will. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. But if you have something more that you'd like to share on the program or an idea for something more that you'd like to hear about, just let us know. Shoot us an email at FFA today at FFA.org or give us a call. 855 RR on 147. That's 855 7766 147. Until next week, I'm Janet Atkinson with FFA Today on Rural Radio
4: 147, Sirius XM.